0: Welcome to American Issues Take Two. I'm Tim Apicella, your host, filling in for Jay Fidel. Today's title is DeSantis' words on Ukraine gets GOP pushback. It wasn't all all that long ago, um, the GOP party used to look quite different. Uh, Ronald Reagan was the standard bearer of of what we would call anti-communist positions. Ronald Reagan, the back of the with a new organization called CPAC, and he said the following. Abroad is part of maintaining the nation's destiny to take the leadership of the free world and to serve as a shining city on the hill. Ronald Reagan didn't shy away from Russia. He leaned forward, he leaned in. He blocked their global aggression, or at least he tried to. And in 1983, he called Russia the evil empire. Well, based on what we've seen last year, the leader of Russia, Ronald Reagan was absolutely correct. Now, let's fast forward to look at some other the, the extreme spectrum of the GOP party, particularly with Carrie Lake, the Arizona uh, governor hopeful. And she said, we're living on planet crazy, where we have hundreds of billions of dollars of our hard earned money being sent overseas to start World War III. This is not our fight. We are. This is America first. So with that, I'm going to go to my guests and we're going to discuss this and many more things beside this. With me today is my special esteemed guest, Mingo Wash, and our contributor, as always, Stephanie Stahl-Dalton. Good morning, everyone.
1: Hi, Tim. Aloha.
0: Aloha. Morning, Tim. Mike, uh, Mingo, to you first. How important is... Is it for the GOP to support Ukraine? Not just the GOP, but the Democrats as well. To what degree is it important to uh, support the war, Putin's war, in Ukraine? Well, when you say support
2: the opposition to Putin, that's what you're talking about. That's correct. Well, I mean, if you take the words of Reagan, though, that mindset has really never changed. But what we've got going on right now is a very, very interesting shift that has not been really covered that much in the mainstream media about the mindset of certain parts of the GOP and particularly the MAGA faction within the GOP. And this didn't happen in the past. You saw the evil empire versus whoever they were attacking. But for some reason, actually for a variety of reasons, there's now been this undercurrent that the Ukrainian leadership is corrupt and is engaging in all sorts of nefarious activities that are not in the American best interest. And that's where this undercurrent is coming from, where people are trying to, I don't know if they're encouraging other people to pull out their support, but there's definitely a faction that thinks that, I guess the only way to frame it is, Ukraine is not worthy of our continued support because their political leadership is so corrupt.
0: All right. Uh, Stephanie, to you. Here is the quote, or this is the uh, the words that were used on Tucker Carlson's show that is getting such an extreme pushback from a GOP party, and not I'm not meaning the mega GOP party, but the other GOP party. And DeSantis basically said, "What is becoming a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not a vital U.S. interest." Uh, did that did that comment or that statement surprise you coming from a presidential hopeful, and that there is such overwhelming support still uh, from the GOP party for Ukraine.
1: Well, I, I think that this um, scrabbling about over terminology is uh, is just contributing to the confusion. Um, uh, it, it's not a territorial dispute, according to Rubio, who calls it an invasion. Um, and people that talk about territorial disputes um, end up uh, being invited um, to by by Putin to come to Russia and talk more about that. So um, I we with your reference to to Reagan um, and his words and his ways of stating America's uh, position, it was America's position. And your and, and also my fellow uh, table. Uh, top person here, um, also uh, mentions that this is causing um, division and sectarianism within within our, our political positions. And this is one of those insidious fallouts from the way that the 2016 election started and continued to have it be about all of these different Pieces of America that are that are combating one another and setting that up and strengthening it all the way down through these amazing events that we witness and see. We're not operating as the United States of America, and we're not respecting the leader of the United States of America like a Reagan who speaks not for a section, our political party has got to speak for the nation. So I find. Uh, that, that, well, where, let me let me what? jump
0: in here. You know, this is the first time that the nation has taken an isolationist approach to certain conflicts in Europe. My gosh, uh, you know, 1930s was uh, an extreme isolationist philosophy that the United States was embroiled with, and it took well, it took a war, it took real Harbor to get us out of that isolation um, philosophy. Uh, Ronald, excuse me, Donald Trump basically from the very get go was trying to get us out of. Um, Afghanistan and, you know, situations like that. But he also wanted us to get out of NATO for the for a great degree. Uh, Are we heading back into an isolationist mentality?
1: That's a really uh, powerful uh, notion because (laughs) it looks like uh, there's momentum in that direction, uh, taking us back to these previous positions that make people feel safe. How does that make anybody feel that we're better off when we ignore what's going on in the whole world globally? And even though, um, we're um, let's see, Trump is uh, referring to uh, Democrats and these speaking other than his position as globalists. Well, don't we have to be globalists today? The international situation is uh, where we live, not even just with our nation. But I mean, I see it as needing to reframe all of our positions and um, and the uh, and the, the way policy is delivered by our leaders has got to be from the larger Group, the larger group that we are, the United States. so uh, it's it's very disturbing. Um, a very chilling. um we have things going on like now, Poland's going to send jets. We haven't sent jets. We've not sent missiles, but they want them. The Russians saying that that is, you know, the start of World War three. Um, I uh, and it's OK that he does what he does. So none of this is going to get solved by this tit tap back and forth. China wants us to sit down, wants them to sit down and have some political de-escalation and come to some peace terms that has been received with absolutely no enthusiasm. Right. All so,
0: right. Okay.
1: So but I'm just again, I think where I'm going is that I'd like to suggest that we start working from the larger picture, be the U.N., be okay. And, and NATO. OK, thank you. Thank you.
0: Hey Mingo, um, in 2015, Ron DeSantis was fully in support of military aid to Ukraine. Uh, what do you think's changed? Is this a political uh, strategy, or has he truly uh, becoming more of an isolationist like Donald Trump was? I think what we're seeing is. Right now, excuse me, not was, but is.
2: Right. I think what we're seeing now, Tim, is a very strategic branding exercise. Ron DeSantis is taking the Ron DeSantis brand and he's trying to portray it in a particular way to differentiate himself from Donald Trump. Because, and and again, this is somewhat anecdotal, but I have a lot of friends that I discuss politics with. I do not have one Republican friend that wants Trump to run again. Mm. Also don't have a Democrat friend who wants Biden to run again. People are hungry for new leadership and they see Trump as same old, same old, You know his bellicose, blowhard personality, and it's all about him. And people are tired of it. And if you listen to Desantis's rhetoric recently, whether you agree with his platforms or not, he is not putting himself out as the savior of anything. He's just putting a message out saying, I think that we should be careful. And I do not see it as in the vital interest of the United States. I'm not saying he's right, but he's being very careful and very strategic. And people are really kind of missing that undercurrent. Because he's not trying to be Trump 2.0, he's trying to be a whole new thing for the GOP, and he's gonna let Trump basically bury himself,
0: which he tends to do whenever he has a microphone in front of him. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we know that it's, you know, politicians often say things they don't mean in order to win the primary, or in this case, uh, win the nomination. But then when it comes to the general election, they pivot and they kind of come back to the center of rational thinking. Is that the case with Ron DeSantis? Is he trying to basically pick up those MAGA supporters and then he'll pivot? Or will he be tied into his statements and won't be able to pivot and be stuck with his position about uh, lack of support for Ukraine?
2: Um, I think he will pivot when the time is right. What I think he's doing right now is he's being very careful to court that MAGA base that, again, thinks the Ukrainian leadership is corrupt. They, they pop off constantly about Ukraine is the hotbed of money laundering and bio labs and child trafficking and so on and so on and so forth. And you hear all these stories about how Zelensky and all of his, you know, co-leaders have these mansions in Miami and all this stuff. <laughs> but the bottom line is the Ukrainian people are suffering. Whether any some or all of that is true, the Ukrainian people are suffering. So it's like, do we as a country go to support them as people or do we ignore them as people? That's the decision. But DeSantis, is he's straddling a very careful fence right now. And I think, again, I can't speak for him. But like like I said before, you are seeing him very carefully differentiate himself from the more radical brand of republicanism, which is the MAGA brand, and what the GOP basic core is showing, which is that they want to support
0: this. Okay, let me follow up by saying that when Ron DeSantis uh, made his comments on the Tucker Carlson program on on Fox. uh, Not soon after we had Senator John Cornyn of Texas, uh, Tom uh, Tillis of North Carolina, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, and Marco Rubio of Florida, really come in very hot and and really rebuke uh, what Ron DeSantis said. Uh, In fact, Senator Graham said, uh, the Neville Chamberlain approach to aggression never ends well. He literally compared Ron DeSantis to Neville Chamberlain, the former prime minister of of England before Winston Churchill. Not a good comparison. Not at all. Um, Here's the question. Donald Trump has been an isolationist and has, you know, basically been a Putin supporter in in so many words and ways and certainly did not want to be engaged in uh, support for Ukraine and he continues to say things uh, that are not supportive for Ukraine, why isn't Donald Trump being criticized and getting any pushback from uh, the normal GOP party?
1: Well, um, should I... um,
0: Go ahead, Stephanie, with that.
1: Tim, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think that the the term of of Trump um, as president was just like all of his other... Actions, which is just to get everything all screwed up and all all spewing around in different uh, whirlwinds and concerns. There's absolutely no product from any of his efforts. We're not in better shape with the Korean guy. We're we're you know his his relationship with Putin has doesn't seem to to bleed anywhere near into helping out with uh, solving this issue with with Ukraine. So he he is just a destroyer. Um, and a disruptor. And uh, so I I, I agree. Um, many people are seeing that now and understand that, that we are going to get no benefit from this man being president. He will. He will. He had lots of benefit from president. But um, the other the other part of that is how he continues with his 30 to 40 percent and uh, I see that that uh, that's where a lot of his grassroots is. Of so course, has, the,
0: grassroots. has the GOP party given up on criticizing Donald Trump because they know it's useless? But that's I why mean, they're that's why they've got a new target to criticize. And, and I think rightly so, because I think Ukraine should be supported. But is it just they're just tired and, and they're desensitized and they're just fed up with trying to criticize the wayward ways of what Donald Trump thinks and says, I think, uh, that's particularly a- on his position about Ukraine?
1: I I really do believe, Tim, that um, as, as I said, this group that is his base. You this is just a kind of a um, as as awful as this is goon squad. Anybody that that criticizes him or comes to criticize out of a position of strength and influence, they are going to get so much pushback that they wish they shut up. So I, I see that there's still a lot of that in play. He's been master of that since the beginning, and he's he's able to tamp down. Those who, who might normally uh, be vociferous about this—I mean, these men—you you list these senators that that. Spoke up. Um, they're going to have to do a lot more, but I'm sure that they're getting their death threats. Are getting their their machines screwed up in the office with the incoming concerns. It's we we have to face that we have some real malevolent activity going on uh, that's in our politics now, worse than ever before. Not not that this has never happened at all, but now that we have such an avalanche of it, we have to recognize that that's a function of it. So why people don't criticize him? Would you? You want to have people hanging out around your house? Yeah, I, I
0: would actually. morning
1: with guns?
0: <laughs> I, I would. Um, okay. And that's the problem. He didn't receive proper criticism and pushback from 2016 um, on, on a number of topics. Now, again, a number of the topics or policies uh, people liked. It was just how they were implemented uh, were, went horribly wrong. Okay, so uh, Mingo, do you suspect that pulling away from Ukraine uh, from a GOP perspective will gather steam as we get closer to the 2024 uh, presidential um, election? I don't think so. And I think you're going to see DeSantis
2: modify his statements and views with some clarifications as we get closer. Uh, Stephanie made some really interesting points. I agree with a lot of what she said. I think that America is ready for a unifier again. We haven't had one for a very long time. And we've had Trump and now we've got Biden and we've got this red versus blue nonsense that's been going on nonstop for over six years now. And I believe people are sick and tired of it. They want a leader they can believe in. They want a leader who's going to represent the United States in a way that portrays us as strong, and a world power. They don't want to be embarrassed by their own president ever again. So I really do believe that there's a hunger for a new type of leadership. And I think based on what I'm told by, you know, friends in both parties, they're just sick of the same old, same old. Yeah. I think DeSantis, if he wants to have a chance, is going to have to modify that. Anybody else coming
0: in is going to have to have a more moderate approach. You know, um, not soon after the The war crimes were discovered in Bucha in Ukraine. Uh, Americans' support and empathy was as high as a 60% favorability rating to support Ukraine. Uh, According to the Associated Press, Norik Center of Public Affairs Research poll, that now sits at 48%. That's quite a drop. Uh, Is that basically the the success of the mega GOP? convincing other Republicans and independents that um, Ukraine is corrupt, their, their their politicians are corrupt, and therefore that it's not deserving of our, our, our dollars and weaponry?
2: I think that what you're seeing is some financial fatigue going on right now. Um, we have sent an awful lot of money and, and valued arms to Ukraine and support in other ways that really aren't publicized that much. And it's a very steep bill. We've already paid a very steep price as a country to support Ukraine. We've also got an economy that is not doing well. We've got a lot of other problems. We've got southern border issues. We've got fentanyl coming in nonstop through the southern border. I mean, there's a lot of problems going on in the United States. And I believe a lot of people are just, they're tired. And they're like, what do we get out of this? Okay, global freedom, wonderful, lofty goal. Global peace, wonderful lofty goal, but what are we getting out of all of this money and arms we're sending over there? And, of course, troops to train and make sure... Well, that might that, that be
0: part of the problem is that um, people are not cognizant of their history. And what was the price we paid um, to allow Hitler to continue to be an aggressor in Europe and sit in the sidelines and said, well, it's their problem. Yet, ultimately, we paid the price in Certainly, hundreds of thousands of GIs, uh, their lives of of Americans, and untold millions of dollars spent for World War II. Are we not in the same position that uh, it it makes more sense to pay up now versus a whole lot more later once uh, Putin has taken over Ukraine and probably Belarus and a few other um, Eastern European countries? So, what's your position on that, Mingo? Um, Yes, we have a lot of. A lot of challenges and trials and tribulations right now. Uh, heck, we just bailed out um, Silicon Bank uh, for, what, $200, $200 billion. Uh, to date, we spent about $113 billion on s- the support for Ukraine. So it's almost half of what we just did in one day for a, a bank that right. was having some problems. So right. what do you think Americans are going to do um, or think that way? And and who is it that will be successful to educate them on the value of supporting Ukraine?
2: Well, I mean, if you go back to a World War II mindset, it becomes very obvious that you cannot let a tyrant run amok in in any Europe or anywhere else. Because if anybody believes that Putin is going to stop at Ukraine, I think they're kidding themselves. I mean, he, he has stated his goal of reforming the former Soviet Union. I mean, that's been a goal of his ever since he took office. Um, But we also are in a very different world right now, too, because our currency is losing its shine in the world market. You know, China and Russia are joining forces in some very, very uh, concerning ways right now. And there's some things going on that are very, very different than World War II. So, again, we need leadership that can speak with a unified front and have the country rally behind them. You know, this blue-red fighting has got to stop. And that's why I, per- I firmly believe that people are actually totally ready for new leadership. And beyond just the presidency, you know, the, the other thing that I hear over and over again is, my God, when are we going to see term limits? When are we going to get rid of these senators and Congress people that have been in office for 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, it seems like? <laughs> these people ever die." They just don't go away. And this is both sides, Democrat, Republican. They want fresh blood, fresh ideas, Mm -hmm. fresh leadership, and
0: unified as a country. Well, from your lips to God's ears, I'd love to see term limits. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) Hey, Stephanie, you know, does Ron DeSantis risk being labeled as naive and, and really just embroiled with the politics of Florida Uh, not a major player in a lot of people's minds about what's really going on in the country Uh, was Cornyn from Texas said, I don't understand what he's saying about Ukraine. It's um, it is important for the U S to support Ukraine. And it raises the question that DeSantis understanding of the issue. So in some circles, DeSantis is being painted as naive or not well read on, um, you know, international politics. Does Ron DeSantis risk the um, the painting or the uh, his definition of being just a Florida politician and not really uh, ready for president of the United States?
1: Well, thanks, Tama. That that's. That's hopeful that that might happen. (laughs) He's becoming more of an isolationist. I see that written about him, that he's more of an isolationist. But worse than that, he and all the rest of these hundred year senators um, are all slipping back to where we ought to look back and see that we have come from and learned from and can do better. Let's face it, we know about the Second World War, Hitler, but before that, there was another um, overtake. Okay, there was another seizure. And you know, we're sitting right on it. America came in here and invaded Hawaii and took it. Okay, nobody did anything. The queen wrote to the British king and, you know, their are In fact, the law out here is very tied up with the British system because they were under British uh, recognizance for so long. So but it's happened. So so these so to me, it's like we're all going back to the 19th century where oh, all this is OK and and then taking everybody's rights away and and intervening. And, and And so for the U.S., there was no consequence to doing that to Hawaii. Never has been. Okay, except what the local people can do here. But anyway, so this is my point, is that we got this. We do have to have this new leadership, the Unite 90 leadership. It has to be smart and it has to be global to 3.0. We've got to step up to what has happened, how we know that works. What are the consequences and what what do we want? To do to avoid the consequences that we know w- way, way, way too well. So um, that might come from someone like a DeSantis, who I was so excited about. He's Harvard educated, he's bright, he's very accomplished. Do
0: you consider him a mega GOP candidate?
1: Well, he's going to stay away from Trump. He can't go there. So he cannot, he's got to set up his own area, territory, his own brand, as I think you all said. So he's got to come up with that. So he's stepping in the water here with this isolationism and, you know, putting well,
0: well, I guess that's my point is, you know, if he has to establish his own brand, uh, is it the wrong brand to basically be somewhat, by his statements of Tucker Carlson, somewhat naive about the importance of international affairs and certainly the history of Europe uh, and, and, and dictators? Uh, is, he, is, he put, is he painting himself into a corner? That's my question.
1: Looks like he's a little bit hedging on that because he says limited support for for Ukraine. He's not saying he's saying right now, no, no um jets, no missiles. No. But, but he said we need to provide them adequate some some limited support. So he's not dropped the ball. completely.
0: When did he say that? Um, I didn't catch but, that. Is he saying that, that we should still support Ukraine on a limited basis?
1: support ukraine support give limited support to um to ukraine and and at about the same time that uh, Rubio said Rubio said the support for Ukraine should be commensurate with their value to us to to what they do for us so he mm-hmm. came up so Rubio's got an even more vicious approach to it, which is so what are they worth to us? And that's how much we should give them back. Whereas DeSantis is kind of leaving it open. I can go back and send you that uh, that article. I think okay. it's an AOL um, that I can push on to you that where, where I saw it. Yeah. Um, so um, because so but I'm I'm bringing that up only because who knows what he would do for crying out loud. But he um He's he's got that little piece there. He's made his little eye. So he's got a foot foot in that door, right? So he's not backed himself up against the wall. Okay,
0: that I guess that's what I was trying to get at. Whether he's once in front, and, and Mingo said that he's just testing the waters and he'll pivot back. Um, so I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah. So Mingo, um, you know, I've had you on the show before a couple times as we talked about Ukraine and what's going on in Ukraine and the importance of. Uh, Zelensky prevailing in this 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 conflict what happens if the mega GOP successful to convince the house of representatives which is the purse strings uh for our military spending what happens if if they're successful and um our support for Ukraine trickles down to millions and not billions then the war's over do you think Europe steps steps up Because it's it's more in their backyard.
2: No, I think without us, I think they will slowly start to pull out. um, We're sort of the linchpin for all of this right now. And I think it would be too convenient to just go back to the days of the Soviet Union and say, "Okay, the Donbass is lost. You know, there's this. Again, and I want to be very careful that I'm not defending what DeSantis said when he said uh, a territorial dispute. But the problem with Ukraine and their their history is it's very easy to take this argument down to that level, because Donbass has a lot of ethnic Russians that live there. It's primarily ethnic Russians, but it's within the borders of of Ukraine. So, you know, if you take that, that stance that it's a territorial dispute, you ignore the history and you sort of grant Russia that territory, just like they're sort of granted Crimea because they occupied it at one time. I mean, it's been there since 2014, because they kind of just took it back. And so I'm kind of rambling a bit. But to answer your question, if we pull out,
0: I think the war is lost. I hate to say it, but I believe so. Well, before that were to happen, um, do you think there's political forces to bear on Zelensky that um, support is waning rapidly in Congress? and it's uh, in Zelensky's best interest to settle up uh, on pre-invasion borders? Um,
2: so I think you're asking would, if we pull back a bit, would Zelensky go back to like the previous deal, which is to give them the Donbass? Yeah. And let them keep Crimea and then just say, okay, we're gonna redraw the borders and, and we're good if you stay out of our territory? Yeah. Um, that could happen. But then the whole world has to rely on trusting Vladimir Putin. And do you honestly think he's going to stay within the Donbass? There's a lot of very rich growing territory outside the Donbass. It's the breadbasket of Europe.
0: It's the second biggest food exporter on the planet. That's a good point. That's what Tom Tillis said about, do you really want Russia to be in charge of the breadbasket? And can you rely on them to allow shipments to go to North Africa and the rest of Europe? Good point. Yes, and seed oils, and coal, and and natural gas,
2: petroleum. I mean, Ukraine is such a rich country in natural resources, and he's not going to give up, you know, his ultimate goal for a piece of it. I
0: don't think he would stop if he was given the Donbass. Well, maybe it becomes not a NATO country, but uh, very close to a NATO country, where, you know, all sorts of arms are constantly filled in Ukraine to dissuade. Putin from advancing from the Donbass and Crimea uh, territories further into Ukraine in the future. But we'll we'll find out as as time goes on, I guess. Uh we've run out of time. And so I'm gonna go around the table. And Stephanie, your last thoughts on this topic and where Ron DeSantis goes from here.
1: Well, um, Yes, very interesting uh, show and comments. And Dingo has been most informative. I I mean, where do we go? Yeah, from here. So um, where's our leader? Is, is he um, there that we know him now? Is it is it? Where is he? And he needs to be smart to get some resolve here. And I think that that's what China's pushing for. They want I mean, it seems ridiculous for them to say and write this big uh, paper and put it out and have everybody go ooh ooh boo. But they want uh, some uh, sit down and figure this out message. I think that's the message they're giving. So why isn't that an incentive? Because they're not saying we're going to karang you if you don't you know cooperate with Putin. So there's there's some stuff here. Why aren't our leaders <laughs> grasping these overlaps? Where are these margins overlapping that they can start to build some? Uh, comedy uh, and uh, certainly comedy for for communication, but also ways to sit down and talk about whatever can get worked out. It's very tough. All right, but I know they're out there to do it. They okay, can do thank you. Thank
0: you for your for your thoughts on that point. Uh, Mingo, you get the last word and your thoughts about this topic and anything else in between. Well, Desantis
2: is positioning himself as a rising star, and I believe he's waiting for Trump to basically self destruct which could happen. Um, I also believe- Is he waiting for him to be indicted? (laughs) Yeah, that could happen too.
1: Oh, but that doesn't seem to take care of the problem. I wish it would. Yeah,
2: that's true. There's a whole bunch of our leaders that need to be held accountable for the things that they've done in both parties. Neither party is blameless. As a country, we need to stop looking at everything as liberal against conservative, red against blue, We need to come together again as Americans. And to do that, we do need new leadership and strong leadership. People are tired of being embarrassed on the world
0: stage by our leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are excellent words to conclude the show. Thank you. I'd like to thank our special esteemed guests, Mingo Wash, and our ever, very ever, ever ever-present contributor, (laughs) Stephanie stoll Dalton. I got a little tongue-tied on that, Stephanie. I'm sorry.
1: Thank you, (laughs) too. Aloha. uh,
0: Won't you please join us next week for American Issues Take 2. I'm Tim Apicella, hosting for Jay Fidel. See you then. Aloha.